Well, good Wednesday morning, everyone. It is September the 29th, and my title today is, Why Do We Do What We Don't Want to Do? So, let's start today with a crazy question. Now, there are about 3.9 billion men in the world today. Surprisingly, men outnumber women, with 102 men for every 100 women. So if we could just keep it simple, I know there are males who believe that, at least in their minds and bodies, they're actually females. And there are females who believe that they're males on the inside, but just ended up with the wrong body parts. Now, I don't want to be guilty of not respecting members of the LGBTQQIP2SAA community. Now, just in case you haven't kept up with the latest expansion of the LGBT community, uh, with the other letters and number, they stand for LGBT, queer, questioning, intersex, pansexual, two-spirited, asexual, and allies. But I digress. My crazy question in this ever-becoming crazier world is this. Why do we keep doing what we don't want to do? Now, the biblical idea that God tells us is that the gift of sexual intimacy is to be part of a healthy marriage. It is not only necessary for procreation and populating the earth with people, All animals also procreate without it being a physical, emotional, or spiritual act. Some animals do mate for life. Approximately 3 to 5% of the 5,000 species of mammals form lifelong pair bonds. Now, to better understand the question, I'm very grateful to see that there was one man in the New Testament who admitted to everyone that he was really struggling with lust. In fact, he asked himself this question and put it in writing for us to see in Romans chapter 7. He literally tells us in Romans 7 verse 8 that the commandment to not covet or lust produced in him, quote, coveting or lusting of every kind, end quote. And he goes on to reveal to us more in verse 15, quote, For I don't understand what I'm doing. For I am not practicing what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. Isn't it somewhat shocking to hear these words coming out of the mouth of Paul the Apostle? We assume that because he was such a great tool in God's hand to plant churches all over Asia Minor, and wrote quite a bit of the New Testament, that he would be a saint far removed from the temptation of sexual sin. I know, I know, he says his struggle was with coveting, but what was that command, thou shalt not covet, and what did it mean? It gets specific if we read the entire commandment in Exodus 20. Actually, the sixth commandment was, you shall not commit adultery. But here's the tenth commandment. Quote, you shall not covet 
your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, or his male slave, or his female slave, his ox, his donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. And this word covet literally means to desire, crave, long for, desiring what is forbidden or lust. In fact, Paul says that the commandment to not covet produced in him coveting or lusting of every kind. So yes, we can make the interpretation that in this passage, Paul's telling us that he struggled with the desires of coveting or lusting of every kind. He did not want to lust. He wanted to do good. But he says he practiced the very evil that he hated. It's right there in Romans 7, verse 29. For the good that I want, I do not do. But I practice the very evil that I do not want. Does that sound familiar? It does to me. So he explains that there's this internal battle that he faced and that we face as well. He knows that he is a new creation in Christ and has been born again. He knows that the old him has passed away and he's been given a new life of God's love and forgiveness. But he also lets us know that inside of him, the new him, the new creation, was the battle that we find inside of ourselves. Our spirit wants to do what is good and right, but our flesh, our old sinful nature, still desires sexual sin. So Paul makes a conclusion that there is evil present in him, even though he's a born-again follower of Jesus. He understands that he is a new creation in Christ, and yet there is still something in him that is evil. So he cries out, ultimately, at the end of the chapter and says, Wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I would also point out, because this is such a shocking thing for us to hear, coming from the great Apostle Paul, that everything in this passage is written in the present tense. And he uses uh, the first person for every pronoun in the passage, meaning he's talking about himself in his present state as he's writing the book of Romans and getting ready to write Romans chapter 8, the great chapter of God's love for us. He understands the battle that we're in because he was in it too. This passage, I don't know about you, but it's encouraged me in my recovery from my own sexual addiction. I feel this battle within me between my sinful flesh and who I really am now, a new creation in Christ, I rejoice that the Spirit of God lives in my body and will be in me forever, according to Jesus. Yes, this flesh or sinful nature 
also remains in me as a new creation, and therein lies the problem. But the good news is, my flesh's days are numbered, and so are yours. As I've been working on my own recovery now for over 16 years, I rejoice that I have been seeing the Holy Spirit slowly changing me, transforming me into a more Christ-like man. Listen, my friends, never equate the reality that you are in a battle with lust uh, with not being saved or concluding that God must be finished with you. No. He knows this problem that we all share, and he has saved us so that he can conform us to become like Jesus, the Son of God. Ultimately, that work will be finished. It will be finished for eternity, and we will be sinless and holy and godly men and women for all of eternity. This is John Doyle with 180 Podcasts. I hope you're having a great day in the Lord. I hope this this uh, message encourages you to understand that the Apostle Paul uh, understood and was struggling with the same struggle we are having. I hope you have a great day in the Lord, and we'll talk more tomorrow. Take care, and goodbye. Goodbye.